0: Welcome to Views from the North, a Canadian rates and macro podcast. This week, I'm joined by Sam Buckley, BMO's Head of Canadian Rates Trading, and Darren Campbell from BMO's Rate Sales Desk. This week's episode is titled, Another Aggressive Rate Hike is Coming. I'm Ben Reitzes, and welcome to Views from the North. Each episode, I will be joined by members of BMO's FIC Sales and Trading Desk to bring you perspectives on the Canadian rates market and the macro economy. We strive to keep this show as interactive as possible by responding directly to questions submitted by our listeners and clients. We value your feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out with any topics you'd like to hear about. I can be found on Bloomberg or via email at benjamin.writesus at bmo.com. That's benjaminr at bmo.com. Your input is valued and greatly appreciated. Sam, welcome to the show. First time on, and then uh, we're very uh, happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. And Darren, welcome back. Thanks, Ben. Many-time guest. We're going to talk about the bank primarily this week, and uh, if anything else comes up along the way, we'll cover that as well. But let's start with the bank out there next week. Policy announcement September 7th on Wednesday. Markets are pricing about 70, 71 basis points of uh, rate hikes at the moment, so pretty much 75 beeps is is what's expected by the market. Most economists are now looking for 75 as well. So I'd say that that is the broad consensus. A little bit of chatter about maybe some more caution from the bank after today's GDP number. We got second quarter GDP and was disappointing today. So a little bit of chatter about maybe they'll be more cautious on the back of that. I will address that in a bit. But why don't we we ask both of you gentlemen what, uh, what your expectations are for next week? Sam, why don't we start with you?
1: Yeah, my expectations would be uh, on consensus, 75 basis points, with I think the risk, despite uh, today's GDP data, that uh, we do get 100. I don't think the market's pricing that yet. And I think that given the last 100 basis points rate hike, plus the communication and data that we've had since that rate hike, I I think that they're very in their right to go 100 basis points. I I think that the market shouldn't be surprised if they do that, given the communication and the inflation data we've had since that. And the fact that we're only pressing 71 or 72 basis points is a bit of a surprise, but um, totally understandable given the backdrop of falling energy prices and uh, inflation coming a bit down. I do think the bank is worried about uh, the wage price spiral sticking around for a little while longer than they uh, they hope. So I, I could see them being a bit more aggressive.
2: Yeah, I'm with Sam. I mean, I, I don't think that the market can be too critical if, if the bank were to go 100 next week. I think that it's unlikely if they if the market hasn't sort of put a little more pricing in. I think that they'll hold off. Like they're, uh, I think they've been pretty respectful of that. Um, but I, you know, I just think that it's we got 100 last time. This is an exercise of getting rates up, you know, as 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 quickly as possible, and then. And then kind of a wait and see. And and I think that, uh, so I think that there's scope for sure to be doing another 100. I mean, the market's priced for for obviously a lot more than that. So, um, you know, for them to just be speeding up the process and then seeing where things settle, I think, is, is, is where their mindset's been. They were a leader last time around going with 100. And so, you know, that type of activity is... You just can't be surprised. So, we've seen some activity around that. We saw some paying of the of the of that September meeting today, which makes a lot of sense. You know, without seventy five fully priced, we think of course that makes sense. And then and then why not be be rolling the dice for a hundred basis points? I just don't think that the data at the moment matters nearly as much as the message that we're getting from you know certainly the Fed even last week. It's very clear that the confidence is just not there at the moment around inflation expectations. They know how, how risky and vulnerable that that type of thing is and and uh, know that they just need to be on the front foot until there's a lot of confidence that that's under control. So, you know, for me, it's uh, for sure it's 75 minimum. You, you can't give them a hard time if, if, they, if they choose to go 100 next week. But I do think the market would
0: need to probably creep up a little bit more for that to be realistic. A few things there. Last time the market was not priced anywhere for 100, and they went 100. So uh, I, I don't think market pricing 70 or 73 or 72 or whatever it is will impact their thinking all that much, firstly. Second, they did make it very clear last time. Uh, they tossed out the narrative of front-loading rate hikes. So if if they stick to that, and the bank's been known to change their mind on narratives from meeting to meeting, so anything's possible, but assuming they stick to that, it's, it's got to be at least 75. And that like that's the starting point, and 100 would – I mean, make good sense to me, could be 100 and then done, that, that, that's possible as well. And then lastly, you talked about the data. And, and I think that that's what people probably overlooked in today's GDP numbers. So the headline looked not great and it wasn't as good as expected. Like it was the bank was looking for four. It was 3.3. That's below expected. July, the flash estimate on July GDP was negative. So that's not a great start to the third quarter. But the GDP deflator was 14% annualized. That's the highest since 1974. That's GDP inflation for those who aren't economics nerds, and so you're looking at inflation in the broader economy in the double digits in the second quarter. And while inflation might have peaked in June, CPI inflation might have peaked in June. Uh, they, the bank cannot be comfortable with uh, with seeing the deflator that high, and and it'll probably come down in the third quarter. But again, the the breadth and depth of inflation is is so far beyond what they're comfortable with. It's really hard for me to see them backing off at all from their their aggressive stance at this point. So. 75 with the potential for 100 Uh, 50 just doesn't make any sense to me that would only bring them to the top of their neutral range and they've said very clearly they want to dampen demand if you want to dampen demand you need to be above neutral and so it's although the question for me is how high above neutral and the terminal rate is is i don't know where that is i don't know what the bank thinks it is it's probably not 325 i'll tell you that 350 would probably be my minimum so that's where you get 100 and then maybe a pause but It could be 100 and then another 50 or 25. 4% could be the terminal rate. I I don't know. Where do you guys think the bank ends up pausing here at least? And I'm saying pausing because I think they leave the door open no matter where they end up.
1: I think they could pause at 350. I think that. They could easily go 100 this time. And if they don't go 100 this time, if they go 75, then I could see it going to 375 and then pausing to see how the rate hikes kind of filter through the economy, how it affects housing. One interesting thing about the bank, though, that I think is a bit different than the Fed is in terms of their front loading, I think they're much more worried about what's on the front page of the paper and what's in people's pocketbooks than not that the Fed's not worried about that, but I think they also have a different worry in terms of them being the global currency and more concerned a little bit about the wealth effect that I think the Bank of Canada is. I mean, the Bank of Canada and the Canadians in general have had seen their wealth increase a lot over the past few years past five years based off of housing. Um, And that's really just been fueled by zero rates. So I think to to put a bit of a dampen on that, I don't think the bank is too worried about that, given a lot of the increase was in the past couple of years to the COVID zero interest rates and and stimulus packages. So I think that the bank can afford to be a little bit less worried about a harder landing than I think the Fed is trying to achieve. If The bank is really serious. But I mean, and again, inflation is their only real mandate here. So I think that they can afford to be a little bit more aggressive in front-loading than the Fed.
2: There, yeah. The terminal? yeah, 100% agree with everything the Sam just said. I think that that's when you weigh up the concern of house prices and other assets coming off versus the risks of an inflationary environment that's barely out of control, it just doesn't compare. In the, in the conversation right now at the table, there's such a gap between those two concerns that for the time being, it's just they have to lean on this and to be aggressive. And then it's, it's so it's really just a conversation around cadence. So I do think that the conversation is probably going to be shifting, you know, more to like a four handle, to be honest, uh, for, for terminal. I just think it's going to be clear to the market that things just aren't under control, right? Once you're kind of in that you know, call it mid threes range. And so it's sort of what's another 25, 50 basis points going to do, right? Like it's good. It, it's probably going to be pulling into question the need for more just you know, drastic measures to, to get things, to make sure that you have things under control. So I, whether or not we get to that or not, I think that the, I think we're going to be, I think the conversation is going to shift a little bit more to that.
0: Cool. To some extent, we, we've seen that terminal now in Canada's uh, 385-ish or so by the middle of the next year, and, and the rate cuts that were in 2023 are, are mostly gone. The inversion in that curve, in the back curve in 2023 is mostly gone. There's still a little bit there, but slowly but bit surely that that's getting taken out as well. And then the reality, again, even when the bank ends up pausing at whatever level that is, um, they're still going to say, we may have to keep going. We do not know yet. The inflation math does not start to really work in their favor until we get much closer to the middle of the next year. That is a long time away. And so they, they can't afford to really back off until then, unless you get some kind of massive collapse in commodity prices, which yeah, maybe we're seeing the start of. I kind of doubt it. But, uh, well, prices sub 90 definitely have an impact uh, where you are going to see inflation slow again in August. It's, it's going to come down because gas prices are down another eight to 10 percent. So you are going to see some deceleration, but that you're still looking at seven plus percent on the headline, five percent on the course, all way too high and and. Go back two weeks to when the last uh, Canadian CPI number came out and recall that Macklin put out an op-ed the same day, sounding very hawkish. Uh, I think people have are already forgotten about that article. But he was pretty clear that uh, the, the bank is, is uh, not backing off one iota, uh, given, given where inflation is, even though it looks like it has peaked. Let's change gears here a little bit. Talk, talk a little bit more about the market curve duration views here. Sam, you're you're trading Canada's all day. What are your thoughts on duration here, and what are your what are your curve thoughts as well?
1: Yeah, so we'll start off with duration. Um, I mean, today uh, we're at month end. Today, the U.S. gave quite a bit back into th- after the 3 p.m. and I think a lot of uh, market participants are looking for higher yields into September, uh, whether that's because of issuance or just generally inflation is sticking around for a little bit longer and higher inflation prints globally are bringing the need for higher yields. Do Canadian long bonds really need to be at three percent? When inflation is running at where it is, or whether when terminal is going to get towards going to, probably not. So, I, I think that in general, people are looking for higher yields. Um, and in Canada, that means a couple of things. I, I could see that twos, fives over time, depending on what the bank does, steepening out a little bit and more of the flattening going. That's in twos, fives, going into fives, tens. If we are getting a a backup in yields, I do think that tens bonds over time is just going to continue to flatten, uh, just given the dynamics of Canada and what drives the end user in Canada, whether it be asset managers, insurance companies, and just the lack of uh, supply in the long end that we've seen from the Bank of Canada. And we're also looking at better fiscal situations from the provinces as well, putting less pressure on the back end of the curve. So I do think that over time, tens bonds could, uh, if we do see higher yields, which the market's expecting. I can see TENS bonds uh, kind of test that negative 20 level that we saw. We have seen profit taking on flatteners, kind of initiated in, in the positive range. And we've seen profit taking into uh, into month end and the extension in Canada tomorrow on September 1. But a lot of these accounts aren't looking at putting on steepeners yet. They're more looking at taking off flatteners or reducing their exposure to flatteners before putting steepeners on. And that's the general real money consensus. I would say that people are more interested in looking at something like a 5-10 steepener or fives bonds steepener from the fast money community more as a tactical trade into September, more than anything longer term. So, I think longer term, you're probably looking at uh, a flatter curve further out. And depending on what the bank does, I could see two fives steepening out know, a touch, depending on the messaging from the bank. Like we said, they did take out the cuts in 23. Fives have really come off their richest levels after the Fed came out and basically said that. Uh, hikes are on the table and cuts are kind of off the table for 23. So I think that the more messaging you get from central banks and more consistent inflation prints, like Ben said, I mean, we're really not looking at uh, the base effects coming off into the middle of next year. So higher inflation could be around for for a while if we don't get the commodity collapse. So that that could lead to a steeper curve kind of in that twos fives area, but it could also lead to flatter fives tens.
2: Duration, I mean, it just... It feels like I mean to think about this year. It seems like everybody came into the year short. It was obvious. It was the right trade. People I think did pretty well on that on that trade. And then, you know, started to flatten out late spring and into the summer. And then it just feels like as the recession theme narrative picks up speed, it's like that's when you start to see some buying emerge from various pockets of the world. Asia is obviously going to be a key determinant, I think. But like it just seems when you're kind of up. In that 325 range in in the US and above, like there's demand, you know the demand emerges, and, and I, I just think that the that the data is going to just continue to bolster the uh, the recession narrative, right? And so, I, I, I from a duration standpoint, pretty constructive. Anything close to 325 or, or above in, in the in the US and whatnot, whatever that means for Canada, curve is tr- is tricky because everything you're hearing right now is just saying like. You can't, you can't really have steepening. Like the curve is flat. It's been a massive move, but it's, it's uh, you know, all signs still point to that flattening pressure on the curve, right? Does, does it mean that it's got a lot more that it can run? You know, the two's tenth part of the curve. Is there a lot of room that it can run? If you don't have the trade on at the moment, it's... It's hard to justify, but you know if you've if, if you've if you got the trade on and it's worked out, then you can. I think you can be a bit greedy with the exit. There's no doubt that everybody's kind of focused on steepening and like when you know that 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 ultimately will be the trade, but you know when is the timing for that? And I, I just think it's it's not now. You know, it has us looking at a lot of the the forwards. Um, you look at you know when these curves do typically start to start to steepen, and I think it's always, you know, it's it's before you actually hit terminal. I think it's sooner than you think, right? And so you, you can look at the forwards and you can look at like a 5.30 in, in Canada, and that's, you know, at neg 22 or something like that at the moment, and 18 months forwards at neg five, right? So that's a, that's a position where you can get that trade on, and it's costing a basis point a month to be sitting in that trade. And, uh, you know, you're kind of saying over the next 18 months is the bank pivoting and needing to kind of come to the rescue and change its? I'd say, absolutely. We're going to be seeing that, right. It's just more sort of what's going to be happening over the next (laughs) three, four, five months, right. To that, to that position. So yeah, for the time being, it's still like, it's very difficult to be comfortably sitting in, in any kind of, in any kind of steeping trade, but like there are some
0: interesting things to be focusing on in the forward space. Curve wise, it, it, it's just feels like the front ends that are too much pressure to, to, to mm. be in any steeping at this point, and that that's not going to change. Especially if the bank goes 100 next week, like that, that's a non trivial risk uh, at this point. And and the data in Canada are, I mean, it, it's hard for me to see them not weakening. Our uh, we forecast is for, for growth to pretty much stall out by the end of the year and, and stay that way into next year. So uh, softness there. The question, I guess, is is whether. We're in a different era now, and, and higher inflation means central banks can't come in and ride to the rescue. I don't know the answer to that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. And keep in mind, and consumers still have and households still have plenty of savings in the bank from from the pandemic days, and maybe that's enough to get us through this this period here without without too much weakness in the economy. Uh, those are questions that uh, will will determine the path for for rates through the course of twenty twenty three. Definitely a challenging time, and still plenty of uncertainty, which is which I think is probably a, a Bigger theme through the rest of the decade. I can uh, wax on about that another time. Why don't we get your guys' favorite trade ideas here, and then we'll wrap things up. Sam?
1: I think it's a popular trade in this room. I don't think the timing is yet. I definitely don't think it's yet. I think there's still a lot of people kind of in it small looking – looking for it to perform a little bit or maybe looking for a better level to add, but it's it's Canada-US. I definitely wouldn't want it ahead of the bank, I mean, just given the risks that we've kind of flagged about them going more. And I mean, you're probably looking at long Canada-US, I would say more so in 10s from my standpoint than anything else. Although I think that one of the risks to that is if we do get a backdrop of higher yields, um, there is a risk that CGBs, which is the, the Canadian 10-year future, do push Canada a little bit quicker um, and faster than the US, just given the... Uh, the nature of how that trades. So I think that is a risk, but I do think that coming to the bank, it's not a not a bad spot. I mean, you look at when the bank hiked 100 last time, I think Canada the US 10s was sitting at positive 30 or close to that, maybe positive 25. And then after that, it reached and called 30 basis, points to minus five where it got to. I think there were a few accounts in that trade at that time, but I also think there was a lot of pain kind of in and along the way from that plus five to plus 15. I think that was a very crowded trade. I think a lot of people got in too early. So I think there's definitely a risk of people getting in too early this time around as well. Um especially if ahead of the bank. So it's definitely something that I'd like to watch along Canada US um, kind of in that in that tenure space.
0: Where would you get into that trade? Where do you like it? What level?
1: I'd like to see where it is after the bank, to be honest. I, I don't think it's a level specific thing. And I think that just kinda of given the nature of what I'm doing, I I can feel it a lot more, I would say, in terms of how CGBs are trading and how how that's gonna perform. Um, I mean, today we've reached four basis points or almost four basis points just based off of the US kind of giving it up after month end. I mean, I, I think you probably look at plus five, plus 10 to start start piecing it in with the idea that it, it can go a little bit further, um, especially uh,
0: if CGBs are leading the way. Is it at all encouraging that while rates have backed up over the past few weeks, Canada's held in there pretty nicely. We, have, we haven't seen that CGB-led sell-off. Canada really hasn't underperformed at all. We've kind of just Around. yeah no
1: it, that is very encouraging um it's very encouraging i'm not sure if that's positioning um getting a little bit lighter in, in CGBs given the, the violent move that i think we had at the end of the june beginning of july i think maybe a lot of shorts were, were stopped out or taken off so maybe the the momentum behind that those trades are maybe gone for now but again i think that if we do uh back up and yields i think the momentum is going to be pretty quick to pile on there so uh, that's definitely something to watch i also i mean if we get back to positive on tense bonds i think that's definitely something you don't want to watch to get back into. I think that probably stays in, inverted for a little while, um, especially we're given the, the backdrop of higher yields. I mean, I think Darren kind of touched on this, but you talk about a 325 long yield plus 95 basis point provincial spread. That starts to look pretty attractive to a lot of uh, insurance companies and pension plans and real money, uh, real money buyers um, and, and retail investors too, right? I mean, I think that that look pretty attractive That all in yield. So I think that's definitely something to watch for uh, as we go forward.
0: There and I think Sam's made your life difficult here because I'm pretty sure that's also your idea.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate
0: you asking him every question first. Yeah. Um, it's his first time on, so I <laughs> next time we'll go back. On. Next time I thought we'll I'd switch give it him the up. You give him the fine. show first. That's, first fine.
2: that's fine. That's fine. Yes, that's the theme that to me makes the most sense. Obviously, based on my my view around the bank and how aggressive they can be, at, it's it's sort of staying away from the front end to express that view. Um, and I'm with Sam. You know, probably more out around the ten-year point and then again with my sort of duration view if we do see some you know if we if, if, if 325 is sort of the high and, and that and we start to see the ball market do a little bit better then you can sort of see that momentum buying in CGP so but you know you've covered a lot of this ground Ben and a lot of the stuff you've been writing recently but if in Canada the number of outstanding mortgages is floating, right, Uh, is around 30%. We think it's a third of that in in the US, right? And so U.S. is maybe half the half of their economy is housing 10% in Canada versus versus five or so in in the U.S. Uh, But I think that the the immediate sensitivity is around some of those floating rate mortgages. So if it's three times as much in Canada, then we're going to be feeling the pain a lot earlier. And you're already seeing it anecdotally in people's behavior and things like that. So I think that starts to it starts to bite. And, you know, Canada will do particularly well versus the U.S., you know, starting mid to late fall, I think is when you want to trade on.
0: Very much on board with both those ideas. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on. Uh, Sam, I appreciate you having me on for the first time here. Thanks for having me. Hope to have you back again. And Darren, you're always welcome. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for listening to Views from the North, a Canadian rates and macro podcast. I hope you'll join me again for another episode. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. For full legal disclosure, visit bmocm.com slash macrohorizons slash legal.